You're listening to the Luke Page Podcast, episode number eight with Caroline Gilmer Bruni from Organized Curate Design. Now make sure you stay up to date and click subscribe because I release a new episode every couple of weeks. You can find me on Instagram also on oh, well, at Luke Page underscore underscore underscore. So this episode, uh, we basically, Caroline discusses with us the power of organization. This is what it's all about. Now organization, I know it doesn't sound too sexy and appealing, but um, it has a major effect on our business and it has a major effect on our productivity. Now here's the thing is that as early stage business owners, one thing that you really wanna get great at is productivity because when you're productive, you actually can work less. And usually when we're early stage business owners, we may be working a job or whatever it is and we don't have a lot of hold, we don't have a lot of time. Or maybe if we're full time in our business, we don't have staff or whatever it is, we don't have a lot of uh, money behind us to buy someone else to actually do the work for us. So we really wanna be as productive as possible because if we're productive, then we're going to make progress sooner. And if we're making progress, we're going to get the results that we're after. And if we're getting the results, we're gonna feel great, which means we're gonna take more action and we're gonna grow faster ultimately. So this thing just feeds into itself and the opposite is true the same. If we're not productive, then our progress is gonna be a lot slower. If our progress is slower, then our results are gonna take longer. And if our results are taking longer to achieve, we're not gonna feel as good, which means we're not gonna take as much action. So at the base of all this, guess what? Is really being organized. Um, I would classify myself as fairly organized. I worked a, um, in a job for 10 years where uh, the boss's values really rubbed off on me. Um, but Caroline's next level. She's a master at this and I was taking notes throughout the episode. So anyway, enough for me. Let's get into this thing. Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my life's vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. All right, everybody, welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. Every single week I speak to business owners and entrepreneurs and I get their story about their journey, where they first started, to everything they've gone through to get to where they are now, and also get an insight into their expertise. And today I've got with me Caroline Gilmer Bruni. Oh my God, you nailed it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I've been worried about saying that name. Great name. Uh, look, Caroline's the founder of Organized Curate Design. So these guys, are the, the life assistant that you never knew that you needed. Uh, they're a master of organization, outsourcing, and time management, and they use these skills to support and educate their clients. Caroline, welcome on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let's just be honest and open and transparent here. We've actually had technical difficulties. <laughs> this is the second time we've done this. We We've got had about this conversation five before. We have had this conversation <laughs> before. So this is completely natural. I'm going <laughs> to ask funny, you for actually. a second. I'm going to ask you for a second time, Caroline, because I'm really dying to hear again. <laughs> So um, riveting. So just tell us about your um, tell us about your business, mm -hmm. about how did you get into it exactly? Yeah, cool. Um, so uh, as Luke said, we are the life assistant that you never knew you needed. And the reason I say that is because I started this business because I needed a life assistant. So I was running another business. I was the general manager of that business. I also have two children and my husband runs his own business. And I was pretty time poor. Um, 
And some of the things on my to-do list were kind of important but not urgent tasks, getting my will sorted, consolidating my super and that sort of thing. And when I went hunting for someone to help me, I very quickly identified that I couldn't quite find what I thought I needed. And then the flip side of that was uh, there were probably some services out there that could have helped me, um, but I wasn't searching for what how they name what they do. So one of the similar services to us is a concierge service, and that kind of title didn't resonate for me. So there was no way I was going to search for that. And it probably wasn't until I launched this business that I even found out that that service existed. Um, yeah, so that was kind of how I ended up with the concept of a life assistant, um, how I ended up being a life assistant is I'm a bit of a sucker for punishment and I, um, I'm pretty, uh, I'm always looking for innovation opportunities. So I was like, I could totally turn this into a business. There's a gap in the market. Let's just do it. And so I started the business as a side hustle whilst, whilst running my other business. Nice. So when, because this is, is there many other companies that do what you do? Uh, as I said, there's, elements of what we do that are done in different spaces so yep there's virtual assistants out there um, that do more business administrative um, support and data entry there's online business managers so obms um, who do that more high level stuff there's concierge services as i said um, who i think tailor more to those like one-off luxury type tasks i could be wrong though i'm not as i said the name to me resonates for tickets to the theatre. That's just what I think of when I hear the word concierge. Um, And then there's kind of more traditional kind of, I've got an EA because I'm a corporate and I have one in my role because that's where I am in my career. Um, So there's probably elements of all of that, to be perfectly honest. A good wife is probably doing a lot of this load. Um, The reality is um, women take on a lot of these tasks just by the fact that that's how our gender roles still sit in society. Um, so a lot of what I do, I do have some of our clients that are like, you're my, like my second, well, you're like my wife because mm. I am the wife, but then I don't have <laughs> the capacity to do all these things. So there are definitely elements of what we do that sit in different spaces. But we, um, I pretty much say to people, if it's legal and ethical, I can make it happen. So just tell me what you need. Okay. And then what was it like bringing this to market where I guess, you know, you're taking elements from other businesses, but yep. not exactly doing what you do as a collective? Yeah. Is that right? What was it like almost being the first to market in a sense? Because that's a pretty <laughs> scary thing. Uh, I definitely have my panic moments. Uh, I remember, I think it was when I worked, so I had already launched the business. Um, I'd already kind of made it public that I was going to start this whole new business. And then I came across the concept of a concierge and I had a major panic. So I remember having dinner with a good friend (laughs) and I was like, what was I thinking? I didn't do my market research. I can't believe what was like, this was the worst idea ever. And she just looked at me and went, calm down. (laughs) Um, It's going to be okay. And what you're doing is, is actually really different to what's on the market. And on top of that, there's McDonald's and there's KFC and there's Hungry Jack's, like there's more than one of everything. So it's okay. Like even if you, if you aren't first to market, it's actually okay. And then Mm. as we progressed, I realized we are first to market. Um, There isn't quite, there isn't anything quite like what we do, which is exciting, but it's really terrifying because then we're constantly, 
in the first, the business has been running just over two years now and I, I did spend a lot of time searching for validation. So uh, that people would tell me all the time, oh, this is the best idea ever and why didn't I think of this and why did, has this not existed? And I was like, okay, but give me a cash money because I need someone to pay me to do this. <laughs> um, and so those first few clients that came on board with it initial validation um, and then since then um, having that be consistent and having uh, the people actually saying that they want what we're offering and then actually booking the service and paying for the services is is what makes it real. Mm, All right so can you explain to me like what exactly it is that you do? (laughs) Who do you help? Yep. How do you help them? Sure. Let's go through all that yeah. All right so um, our current key clientele is Um, I'd love to say working parents, but the reality is it's working mums who have school-age children. Um, And when I say working mums, it can be anyone from a small business owner to someone who's working in a corporate role, so or a more traditional employee-type role. Um, Why I say with school-age children is it's probably when the admin load at home is the highest. So um, I don't know about you, but most um, growing up, most people have played sport or done some kind of activity, and that takes a lot of ferrying kids around a lot of paperwork, um, filling in registration forms, signing up for next term stuff. Um, In addition to all of that, there's also school stuff. So my children's schools send me newsletters. I swear I get emails from them every day. Um, And then on top of that, you have your actual job. And then you've got groceries and you've got planning holidays and um, insurances. And there's a lot of admin and logistics that go into running a household. And as I said earlier, in a lot of cases um, where traditional gender roles are still in place, um, women are doing a lot of that mental load. So um, they are our key clientele. At the moment, um, we are open to helping anyone that needs help, um, but they just happen to be the ones that we that call on us. Now, what we do for them is really varied. Um, we have the pleasure of doing absolutely anything people kind of need help with. I do make it really clear, though, that we're the admin in logistics. So I'm not the nanny. I'm not the person that's going to take your kids to basketball training, but I can help you like outsource that if you need someone to drive them somewhere or you need a nanny or you need a gardener um I can help you buy a couch but I'm not going to install it for you I'll just find someone to do that so it's all the bits and pieces to make things happen um essentially just a second set of hands and a second brain Mm. to do all of those bits and pieces now in a business sense we use the same methodologies and we help small business owners so Sometimes it may be finding the graphic designer to do said new design, or it may be helping you find a copywriter or actually helping you with some administrative tasks that we can action for you. Mm -hmm. So what happens is people come to us and they say, I'm really overloaded and I'm overwhelmed, help. And then we go, okay, let's kind of work out what's happening behind the scenes and we'll break down everything that's happening in your life And then we'll say, okay, so is it really the pile of laundry that's stressing you out or is it this procedure that you need to write for your business? And if we take that off your hands, are you actually totally cool with doing the laundry? And sometimes that's the case. So some people will want the load taken away at home and sometimes they'll want it taken away in their business. Okay. So new or early stage business owners, which is mainly the people listening to this, Mm -hmm. um, 
What's some, let's maybe give them some tips and advice around what you do that can help them out. So, because I know with say, with, with a lot of my clients is that when it comes to organization, mm-hmm. a lot of them aren't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, same with discipline. Yeah. It's yep. a lot of them haven't done it before. Yeah. Really? So, um, a simple thing like a diary, for mm. example, or preparing the night before, things like that, they just haven't done mm. and it makes such a difference. So is it cool we just go through some yeah, of your tips, course. some of your expertise? Definitely. Um, well, what's your first tip, would you say? Make sure that you have a diary or a calendar. I prefer to use an online calendar because mm-hmm. um, I, I understand the value in being able to write stuff down in, with pen and paper, but um, if you're out and about and you need to check something, if you have left your diary in the car or at the office or whatever it's really hard to stay consistent with your times so making sure there's something electronic that you've got access to we all have our phones with us 24 7 so that's normally the best thing to do um within that because small business owners your business is your life and vice versa so make sure that your calendar is in sync with everything in your life so if it is your son's basketball training that needs to go in the calendar too so you're not double booking yourself when you have family and personal commitments um, on top of your work commitments Um, the next step of that is obviously just making sure that everyone has has transparency in what you're doing with your time so if you are in a family unit um, or have a partner or whatever else um, being really clear on how you guys are all sharing your time so um, I know as small business owners, especially in the startup phase, you will give a lot of your time to your business. It's your baby. You're getting mm. it off the ground. Totally get that. Um, but if your partner isn't in the same space as you, that can be really challenging in relationships or especially if you've got dependents, children and whatever else. So making sure there's some transparency as to when you're going to be focusing on your business and then when you are going to get some downtime and when your family has access to you. So yeah. I like that. What's your thoughts around, say, if, um, look, you're an early stage business owner, you have got staff already. Yep. What's your thoughts around transparency with the staff? Like, do you say that's something where as an owner, a founder, you should say, look, guys, this is what I'm going to be doing. Or do you think it's not really the case? I personally am a big believer in transparency right across life and business. Um, So for me, my team have access to my calendar and it's actually like they can see if I've booked in a massage, like I'm, I'm totally, yeah, well. they can yeah. see personal stuff because um, if they, you know, a client calls up and says, "Hey, I really want to book with Caroline." If they know that I'm close to burnout, they're not gonna, <laughs> they're not gonna even question. Oh, maybe we could move this around or do this or whatever else. Um, I think that level of transparency is really important because um, it it helps you set a standard and it also helps you lead by example so as I said I've got two children and there are days where I'm like sorry guys I've got to leave at three because I've got this on and I've got to do this for the kids or whatever else and they know obviously because I own the business I could be up till midnight that night if I need to push something out and it's super important and a deadline's looming um but on the flip side of that, um, my team, uh, they're quite young in age, so they're not, you know, they're not parents and that sort of thing. But I would hope that if they were still working for me at that point in their lives, that they would know that that flexibility and that family friendly environment is is actually what I plan to give them, because that's what I expect um, for the business to be able to give me as well. Cool. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? So we've got online calendar. It's got to be synced with your whole life. So not just your 
work and business, yep. also with your dropping the kids off, date nights, yeah. everything like everything in your life, family dinners, everything like that. Yeah. And definitely. then having transparency. I like the I like the family one. I mean, look, I haven't got kids, yep. yeah, so I can't relate to it. Um, but uh, from hearing stories and everything like that, mm. and and observing parents with with kids, yeah. Um, I like the transparency around, okay, well, fam jam, we're going to be having fam time here. Yeah. This is business time. Yeah. And being cool with it, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think for me, when it comes to the kids as well, um, so the reality is like kids are always like, well, parents are like, oh, kids on screens, la, la, la. But I let my kids call me out on that. So if they're like, can you please get off your emails? You said you were going to sit and read with me or whatever else. Totally cool. Because I can't gripe at you. (laughs) Um, And it's kind of the same with staff. Like if if you're going to say these are the rules and this is how we play – then you got to play the same game. So um, you've got to lead by example. So my kids know that they can call me on, hey, you said no screens at the dinner table. And I know you've got to get that email out, but it's the rule. I'm like, okay, fair call. It's a rule. So um, that transparency is great. I, my eldest is 14. And so he has access to some of my calendar. Um, so when he says, hey, mum, I really need to do these forms for school, or can I do this? Or can I do that? I'm like, go check the calendar and come back to me. Go check if there's actually a gap in the calendar, and yeah, sure, if it's there, you can you can have it. You can do what you want with that time. Mm. So it's that mutual respect. Yeah, definitely. Nice. What's the next one? Next tip is still around time. Um, so once you master the getting your calendar sorted, then you can take it up a notch, and you can actually focus on how you use your time. So if you're, let's say, let's just go tradition nine to five, um, and you have said that your target for the month is to increase business development and new clients by 50%. So if you're blocking out blocks of time in your calendar to say from nine to 10, I'm gonna check my emails and then I'm gonna close my emails and I'm going to focus on writing content or I'm going to write proposals or whatever the case may be. If you're, if you visually look at some color coding and some blocked out times in your calendar and you can't see that 50% of business development in your calendar, then you're probably not gonna hit your targets. So making sure that how you're using your time aligns with your goals and then having a visual cue to keep you accountable. So you're, you're saying that have color blocks and then say if you're you know early stage business owner, you wanna be really putting 50%, at least 50% into, into income generating yep. activities, yeah? Yep. How do we figure out um, the color coding system? <laughs> it's all the colors of the rainbow. How do we do um, it? It's, it's, so there's a couple of ways you can do it. Um, I personally use the Google Calendar system. Um, and so within that, you can create sub-calendars, but you can also use colours. I know Outlook and some of the other programs do have colours and categories. Um, so it's just a case of utilising what's available in your calendar system that you use. Um, but making sure you're, you, it's more, it's just having a key and staying consistent. So if if green is the moneymaker color, then anything, any work that you're blocking out and you're coding it green, then you know that that's time that you're dedicating to making money. Um, but on the flip side of that, you got you to gotta stay accountable. So it's all well and good to say between 12 and 2 today, I'm going to be writing proposals. But if you're scrolling Instagram and you're not writing proposals, then it defeats the purpose. So you got to actually stick to it. What are some, um, I mean, this is such a common thing is that it's like because I mean, at the end of the day it's, it's generally the most uncomfortable thing for most business owners the income generating yeah. stuff it's the stuff they don't want to do 
um, and they'll choose other things. They'll think they're busy. They'll think they're busy. They're like, I'm flat out. I'm flat out. But you're right. I mean, they're not focusing yep. where they should be and they mm. need to be focusing. What's some like, what are some ideas we can think of where people think that they're busy, but they're focusing on the wrong thing? Mm. Do you, do you care? Do you, has anything come to mind right now? Yeah. So I think for me, it's not necessarily thinking that you're busy and not really being as busy as you are. Um, because to be perfectly honest with you, um, people will come to me and they're like, how do you do all the things that you do? I'm like, I've got the same amount of hours in the day as you do. I just, I'm ruthless with my time. And, and I'm also really conscious that if people um, are not respecting that, I'm, I will just cut cut and run like I'm like, it, people need to understand the value of time and how it is an asset and we just shouldn't be wasting it because it's the only thing you can't well, one of the few things you can't get back um procrastination is probably the key thing so and calling yourself out on that um mm-hmm. so I I actually um so I don't know if you remember that um that old gremlins movie yeah vaguely gizmo yeah. yeah. So do you remember the rules of the gremlin, how it was like you can't feed him after midnight and you can't get him wet? And I, I can't remember all the rules. Like, but they, Roughly, they, they, yep. Yeah, so he was super cute, super friendly, but if you broke the rules, he just destroyed everything. Think of Instagram or social media as a whole as a gremlin. So when you're posting for your business or you're researching stuff or you're just watching really good inspirational content, great, fairy little gremlin. When you're supposed to be doing something else, that's when you fed him after midnight and he's like, you've lost control. (laughs) (laughs) He's destroyed your day. Um, So I call them procrastination gremlins. And essentially anything we do can be procrastination. So going for a walk around the block to clear your head and get your brain kind of clear, great. Going for a walk when you know you're supposed to be doing something else, not so great. Um, so anything can kind of have a good and bad element to it. Um, but once again, it's about calling yourself out and going, you know what? No, I know that I'm supposed to be doing this. So um, I'm just going to get it done. Now, the other way of doing that is, well, there's a couple of ways. One, you can have accountability, buddy. Mm-hmm. So um, you had Lisa on the on your podcast a little while ago, and um, she's a good friend of mine. And she is very good at holding me accountable if I if I actually put my hand up and say that I want that from her. So I, I will check in and say, hey, really struggling with this. Can you text me on Thursday and kick my butt a bit if I haven't got it done? If I know she's going to do that, 100% it will be done because yeah. I don't want someone like grilling me about stuff. Um, so sometimes if you can have someone that you trust that you know will do that for you, that's great. Um, the other flip side of that is kind of having a reward. So there's certain tasks that even I don't want to do and I will make a rule that I won't go get my coffee until that's done Mm. and if it's not done I don't have a coffee yes so little things like that can be put in place as well yeah I mean it's a huge thing because um let's just say that if you develop a habit a bad habit around this it's Mm. like say you've got five main tasks that you've got or projects you've got to get through for the day yeah and then it's almost like you go, you get through two or three and then you start scrolling and then you start chilling out and then you start <laughs> calling people up or whatever it is. Yep. And then you go, oh, I've had a pretty, you, get to, you get to the end of the day or your working period. Yep. And you're like, oh, do you have had a big day? And you, those two projects or tasks left over, they go on the next day. You're like, oh, good. I'll do it tomorrow. But it's that same pattern that goes over and over and over. Yep. 
And it's kind of like if you were just productive or structured or disciplined, you'd just get so much more done in a short amount of time, which for early stage business owners is a pretty important thing for a number of things, I think, for from a motivation point of view. I know I know we're really searching for, for results early on. A lot of people struggle to go a long time yeah. without getting results. Yeah. They feel defeated. So from that point of view, making progress, yeah? Yeah. That's what makes us happy. It makes us feel good. makes us put in more. Um, yeah, okay. Well, what would be your next? Accountability, I love that. It's yeah. so huge. Yeah. Um, I've got, I always, whenever accountability comes up, I tell this story about one of my mates and um, going to the gym, yeah? Because yeah. we all know that we should go to the gym and there's sometimes we go, sometimes we don't go. Mm-hmm. What he does is every now and then I'll get a, I'll get a text from him um, <laughs> at, at like 10 p.m. at night. And he's like, 100 bucks if I don't go to the gym tomorrow. And that's awesome. That's it, because he knows that if he wakes up tomorrow, he's probably not going to want to go. Yep. But he's like, well, that's going to be his leverage to get up, because without it, he won't. Yep. So, um, yeah, that, massive things, awesome. accountability. Yeah. Big, big, big thing. Definitely. Um, okay, so what would be our next one? We've gone through online calendars. We're really smashing calendars. Yeah. Um, what's our next one? So I, it would be remiss of me if I didn't say outsource, because that's what we do. We encourage mm. people to outsource. Uh, but... I want people to rethink how they outsource. So a lot of small business owners will go, oh, God, I can't outsource. I don't have any money. And that's totally cool. I get that that's your first reaction. But outsourcing doesn't necessarily mean hiring someone full time. Because for some reason, our brains go to this extreme of, but I don't have enough cash flow to do that. Outsourcing can be in lots of different ways. So very early in the piece, I would trade I would say to a supplier, I'd be like, hey, I will give you two hours of life assistant support or admin support if you can write me this copy or if you can do this. And they're like, yeah, cool, awesome. I'd love your skills. They're really valuable and let's do a trade. Um, and that can be done in small business. Like we, we make up our own rules when we're working in this space. So that's a really great way of um, sharing resources and also supporting each other in small business. Um, can outsource to friends and family. You'd be surprised at how many skills uh, the people closest to you have. So make a point to say, hey, I need some help. I'm running this business. I've started it from the ground up. I'm like trying to bootstrap it and I need your help. And I would really appreciate you being a part of this with me. Um, And obviously this is short snippets of things that they can do for you like i'm not i'm not suggesting that you say to your sibling hey can you come and do half the load in my business and not get anything for it that might not go down very well Um, but there's definitely people you can call on in that regard and then when it comes to kind of outsourcing and getting to the point where you're ready to actually pay for something then just making sure you start with small snippets so identifying kind of who the things that you really want to outsource first and starting with those and just starting with small projects and, and setting really clear budgets of what you're willing to spend. But just remember that as opposed to looking at it from I'm spending money on this, reframe that as I'm investing in myself and my business because that's really what you're doing. You're not flushing money down the toilet. You're investing in your business and the growth of your business. So if you reframe that, um, mm. it'll probably help you kind of part ways with that, those funds a little bit more. Is the outsourcing targeted to when we're, to what we're talking about here? Is the outsource, are you saying, say, you know, um, I'll help you, you help me type thing, or your mm. friends and family, whatever yep. it is? Are we outsourcing to save time or are we outsourced to use someone else's skills in an area that we're not really developed in or great at? 
I think it's both. Mm. Uh, so I've definitely got things I hate doing. Totally outsource those. I outsource my laundry like a lady. Come, it's like Uber. Um, it's like an app on my phone, and I put my. I did it this morning actually. I put my two <laughs> baskets of laundry on my landing, and I pushed it through the app, and then someone kind of like an Uber driver comes, picks it up, and brings it back the next day. Totally outsource that because I don't like doing it, and so that's freeing up my time. Um, but I know I know how to do laundry, so I don't need to outsource that. There's definitely things that I outsource that I um, I could probably teach myself how to do, but the man hours on learning that skill and getting it to that level not not worth it. So um, yeah, there's definitely going. Everyone has skills that they would love to have, but the reality is someone can do it far better in a shorter period of time, and and so that's a nice way of investing in your business and getting the best quality that you can in your business um, whilst also freeing up your time to be focusing on the things you do really well. And would you say that, say, for someone that early stage business owner has a lot of time, mm. should they maybe be like outsourcing for skill-based and then say someone that doesn't have a lot of time, mm. more outsources to save time? Or are you saying that maybe develop the skill set? Because it's kind of like, you know... Um, uh, it's like they say you should put a, put away at least ten percent mm. of like to save ten percent of of what you make. Yeah. And then you know the old thing is that well I don't have a lot of money right now, mm. but it's kind of like if you can't save ten percent now, you're not going to save ten percent when you're making a lot of money. So yeah. it's developing the habit. What's your thoughts around that? Where you know I guess if you're early stage, you don't necessarily have to, but it's a really good skill that you're going to have to do eventually. Yeah. So why not start it now and get into the habit because it's. Um, I actually heard this outsourcing thing from um, from a, a business owner probably about a month ago, month or so ago, and he said one of the first things he actually spoke about outsourcing. I'd never heard it for early stage, and he goes, mm. right now, and he said exactly what you said, right now you're thinking, I don't have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. But he's like, you just need to do this so it frees up your time to focus on the important yeah. Things. Yep. And the things you're good at, there's mm. a reason why you created your business. Yep. And it's most likely because you're really good at something or you're really passionate about bringing something to the market. Now, if you're really passionate about selling dog food yep. and you've got this killer recipe and you're really great at making it, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're really good at bookkeeping. And if the brain power of learning how to do bookkeeping is going to take you away from developing the next best recipe, then it doesn't make sense to be taking all that brain power and time when you could pay someone to do that and then you could make five new recipes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And it's also about the once you know what your hourly rate is. Mm. Yeah. So it's that old thing. Yeah. yeah, well, if my hourly rate's 150 bucks, for example, yeah. and I'm cleaning the house, and <laughs> I'm, you know, spending two hours, it's 300 bucks, well, I can hire a cleaner for yep. 70 bucks or something. Yeah, totally. Or $100. Okay, what's our next tip? Alrighty, next tip is... You're running uh, out? You're getting short? No, no, you, no, you I have it? tips forever. Oh. Um, next tip for small business owners, and this is a really tricky one um, because you are doing a lot of it. As I said, you're doing a lot of it on your own, mm. you're doing long hours, especially if it's a side hustle. So you might be working a full-time job and then going and working on this in the evenings and on the weekends and whatever else. It's around self-care. So it's around um, making sure you're actually sleeping and that you're looking after yourself and you're eating well and all of that sort of stuff. Because the reality is, if you burn out, 
you can't do anything. Like you can't support your clients or you can't build your clients in the first place. Um, and everything comes to a grinding halt. So it sounds really selfish, but if you're not actually looking after yourself first, nothing works. It's the, you know, when they tell you, it's like put your mask on when, the, when you're on the plane and they're like, put your oxygen mm. mask on before you help others. Totally this, that concept. So um, if you're not sleeping well, if you're not eating, if you're not um, just exercising or whatever you need to keep you, yourself running well, um, then it's, everything's going to fall apart. Hell yeah. I've, I, I did a podcast uh, last week and um, this guy's massive. He teaches um, kind of like seven, eight-figure business owners how to – they're generally successful in their business, mm-hmm. but he teaches them how to make other areas of their life work and it's so it's, – it's got so much to do around discipline yep. and structure. And he does a morning routine, which I do a morning routine. Mm. Um, but he was going through his power morning routine, and I'm like, man, this thing was next level. It was like military style. I'm like, man, it's full on. Yep. Yeah. And what he does with all these, he helps guys. Mm. Um, what he does is basically puts them through 30 days of this intense morning power routine and other things, but that's a major thing. Yep. And just gets their day set up. And after doing that podcast, kind of made me realize that, hey, I've been a little bit inconsistent with my morning routine. I can really step it up. Yep. It has made such a difference from just starting that day, starting your day right and mm. getting yourself into the best state so you can tackle the day. And it could be from a fear point of view. It could mm. be from a energy point of view and enthusiasm point of view. But um, a preparation point of view makes yep. such a difference to the results that you're going to bring through the rest of the day. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Well, what's our next tip? Next tip. Um, so you might be in the first month of your business. This might be the podcast you're listening to as you're really, really early in the piece. I'd really love you to think further ahead and what the exit strategy looks like. So is it you building your business and having your, um, you know, your business partner eventually and then your kids take on the business? And is that the dream, like a big family empire? Is it being bought out by a bigger player? Is it, um, you know, joining forces with another like-minded business? What does it look like? Um, And are you in this business into retirement or are you selling in five years? Knowing what that looks like and sometimes even just that's that's huge dreams and goals. Um, But being able to have that conversation or being able to write that down or however you decide to map it out um, is really really important Um, because if you know what the end game is you know what decisions to make at all of those key milestones between now and the end game so um, and it's tricky because it might change a couple of times but if you know what it is if you think about it today then that will help you make decisions tomorrow Um, but if you don't really know what you want um, mm. then maybe the opportunity will come where someone does want to buy you out and then you go, oh, actually, no, I wanted to be in this business till I retire. I don't actually want to sell in five years. So it can just put you in a better frame for business growth um, and it can help you decide when you do need to pivot um, in your business planning as well. Yeah, and head down the right path. Yeah. I mean, I haven't even thought about it. I've heard exit trades before, like I um, like we share trading, yeah? Mm. For example, um, and I've heard it with business. I haven't thought about it um, mm. recently, and I'm like, "What's my exit strategy?" And <laughs> it's a I, tricky one. I don't even have one. Yeah. So that's a that's a cool thing to actually think because 
um i've like i've known people where they've built their business mm. and you know years go by years go by years go by before they know it they've got in so deep that what they originally wanted or where they're wanting to go now they're screwed yep or there's a lot of work to get to where they want to get to because they've gone on the wrong path mm-hmm. based off they didn't answer that bloody question yeah like it yeah it's super like important it. yeah so yeah nice and i think i'm gonna say my last tip which aligns with everything that we've talked about today is to know what your personal values are and how they align with your business values. So when you are thinking exit strategy, when you're thinking about outsourcing or getting a staff member or working out how many hours you're going to put in to go in the gym or whatever, what are your values around all that sort of stuff? So um, they'll just help you make decisions. So I say a lot of people really early in the piece, um, you're going to take almost any client that walks in the door. But if they're not aligned with what you're offering and your values, they could cause you far more work than what you are willing to put in um, because they're just not aligned with what you're doing. Um, So if you know that and if you have the capacity to potentially even turn them away sometimes you don't sometimes you just need the money need the need the client need the runs on the board and that's totally okay we've all been there mm-hmm. um but if you have the capacity to really tap into what your values are because in most cases and any, anyone that has ever gone through this will tell you that if you take on a client or an, you outsource to someone or whatever else and they are not values aligned you're going to hate every single moment of it and you're not going to want to work with this client. So, yeah, mm. be really conscious of that. Yeah, and it's, it's actually, it creates a, a great pull energy as mm. well from a sales point of view. Yep. That you're not just, okay, look, I'm going to sell my product or take on a client to anyone and everyone. It's like, well, cool, yeah, I want to know that I can help you out. Mm. But also I want to see if you're a fit for what we do as well. Mm. Um, and because the old, you know, the sales psychology, people want what they can't have. Yep. So then you actually start getting more people going, I want you, I want to work with you. Mm. What it is. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Well, lastly, what um, what would, what could be, say, something that you haven't mentioned or anything additional? Yep. Advice to early stage business owners. Anyone that's listening to this, the early stage business owner, maybe they're thinking about starting a mm-hmm. business. What would be your number one advice? (laughs) For this particular audience, think bigger, double it. Whatever you're thinking, just go bigger. The reality is like, what's the run through the worst case scenario? So you think to yourself, I'd really love to pitch to that client, but I don't think I'm ready yet. And, um, you know, I don't think like I had the skills or whatever else. Run through the scenario. Yeah, maybe you only get one turn at that particular client. It may just be practice. The the bigger, better client may be right around the corner and it may mean that you needed the practice if they do happen to say no. Um, but the reality is, like, we don't know how long we've got. We don't know if we're going to be around next week and what's the worst that could happen. So um, if you've got a budget, a sales target, double it. Because you're probably not thinking big enough. Like I do it all the time. Like I'll write down a number and say, this is how much I want in the bank this month for the services we're offering. And I normally, even for me, I have to push myself to go, oh, okay, let's add a, another zero to that or whatever it needs to be. Um, because we do, we play safe and we play small and 
we're always a little bit scared because all of that imposter syndrome and doubt kind of creeps in and it's it's very normal fear is there to protect us and make sure that we don't fall flat on our face every second of the day but Mm. the reality is like it's not gonna like the world's not gonna end just just go for it they think bigger, go bigger. Yeah, go bigger. Nice. Short term and long term. Yeah, definitely. Because cool. if you know what your exit strategy is, then, you know, if you want, if you've got said dog food and you want, like, what's the, what's the name of a dog food brand? Supercoat. Supercoat. You want Supercoat to come out, like, to come and buy your recipe. Yeah. You got to think big. Like, mm. you can't be, you can't be thinking, oh, well, I'm just going to sell to family and friends and that's all I'm ever going to do. Well, no, maybe book a stall at the market and, you know, spend the couple of hundred bucks to get that stall at the market and give it a crack because what's the worst that could happen? You might sell three packets of dog food that day and but you'll get the experience of talking to people about your product and practicing your pitch and refining what it is and all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. So win either way yeah, pretty definitely. much. Nice. And lastly, where can anyone that's listening to this and they're like, oh, gee, I like this, Caroline. <laughs> where can they find her? Uh, so most of what we do is on Instagram. It's probably where you'll see my face more frequently. Um, so it's organize, curate, design. Uh, and then, yeah, we've definitely got Facebook. And um, if you head to our website, which is organizecuratedesign.com, um, you'll find all our socials on there as well. Um, but we have recently in the last few months released a, um, some YouTube content so um, these kind of business tips uh, we've got one that's coming out soon called spring clean your mental load as opposed to spring clean your house so yeah some so some really cool stuff like that that you can find on youtube as well awesome thanks caroline thanks for coming on thank you hey there hope you enjoyed this week's episode make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that i release every couple of weeks And if you've enjoyed the the episode, please, I really, really appreciate it if you leave me a review. And you can also find me on Instagram at LukePage underscore underscore underscore.